Johnson. I'm a lamppost. But then last minute, no, I'm a construction cone. Are you drunk? Hello, all you guys, gals, and non-binary pals. I am KJ. And my name is Tiffany. And welcome to We Out Here on B. Tiff, what are we talking about today? Prop hunt. Yes. What is prop? What's, what, what am I saying? What are the two words that I'm saying? Prop and hunt. Hunt. What is that? Well, first of all, it's my girlfriend's favorite Call of Duty game mode. Um, and second of all, it well, it's not just in Call of Duty, but um, prop hunt is a game mode where you, instead of like the typical sort of first person shooter, you take the form of a prop in a particular map and you uh, you hide. You blend in. You blend in. So if we're in like, um, like we're in a construction zone, say the map is a construction zone, you may be um, a construction cone or a cinder block or uh, one of those barriers with the little lights on it. You could be anything really. A hard hat. Yeah, anything that exists in the world, and then your goal in the game is to blend in. And as the other team is looking for you, you'll whistle to help them locate you. Um, and, uh, you know, man, I'm not very good at it, so I almost always get seen. You can also stun the person that's looking for you, um, and you can change, I think, like twice. You can change to a different prop and, and run away. And it's kind of hilarious to watch uh, somebody like, a, you know, like a a cone or something like jumping and, and like sliding through the map uh, while pe- people kind of endlessly shoot at them. It's a really nice break too. I think that's why Call of Duty players like it. Um, sort of a mental break from the just adrenaline rush that is an FPS. You just get to run around and have fun on the maps that you're used to. And uh, it's just a different way to play the game. It's also like a really it. interesting way of learning the map because it, you, you really don't notice all of these little props and these little, um, little bits and pieces of the game until you, you know, like I didn't realize that that thing even existed. And then suddenly when you're running around as that thing, you realize that there's a whole bunch of them and you never knew that they were there in the first place because you're not, you're not paying attention to it in normal game mode. So you, I feel like from an artistic perspective, it's really interesting to see like how much detail goes into the map. 100% prop hunt is like a, like a, a cute little interactive, you know, in, interactable, interactable, interactable. Interactive. <laughs> I'm an adult. Interactive sort of shout out to all the uh, video game art directors out there. So we see you. Definitely. We appreciate you. But the reason why we are going on and on about this particular game mode in one of our favorite games, Call of Duty, is because the topic of today's episode is imposter syndrome. And what better way to talk about imposters <laughs> than to relate it to a video game, which is the point of our entire podcast. And I feel like that's the probably the best one that we've made so far, to be honest. Uh, pretending to be something else, feeling like you're something else, imposter syndrome. It makes sense. Yeah, I'm into it. I mean, that's You don't have life. to think that hard. It just really works. So, Indeed. So tell me more about imposter syndrome, KJ. What do you know about it? So it is loosely defined as uh, doubting your abilities and feeling like a fraud. Women are especially prone to this, I think, although I think there were studies done recently that that showed that men also feel this way, um, that imposter syndrome disproportionately affects high-achieving people who find it difficult to accept their accomplishments. Mm. So did you just say men have feelings in there? Is that what that was? Apparently, as it turns out, men have feelings. Wow. Yeah. Good stuff. 
Yeah. So what does it feel like? What does it look like, team? Right. So KJ mentioned doubt. Definitely um, some common signs of imposter syndrome. If you have a lot of self-doubt, um, if you have some some struggles or, or can't realistically assess your competence or your skills, what you bring to the table. Um, if you have a hard time kind of selling yourself, say in interviews or um, on a first date, um, if you attribute your success to external factors, if you're always uh, referring to or giving away credit for your hard work, if you're berating your own performance or if you're downplaying um, any sort of accolades you get or compliments you get, if you have any sort of internal fear that you won't live up to expectations, including those that you set yourself, uh, which is right in line with setting very challenging goals. And then certainly that downcast of feeling disappointed when you fall short. Additionally, any overachievers out there probably suffer from imposter syndrome. Definitely those folks that are used to um, sabotaging their own success. And that's a particular shout out to me. That's my bullet point, <laughs> sponsored in part by Tiffany's Life. We'll dive into that a little bit more later. But I feel like with a lot of people, um, we sort of feel like we maybe did really well in school and then we get to adulthood and then everything that we do kind of doesn't live up to that same expectation. And a lot of times it's because you're as an adult, you're kind of no longer receiving the same level of praise that you once were. Um, people aren't really excited about you doing simple tasks anymore. And so over time, I think it kind of builds up to existing in this state of just like nothing that I do is enough. I'm never good enough. I have to be perfect all the time. And that constant quest for perfection makes us feel like I'm not living up to these expectations. I'm a fake. People are going to find me out. I'm, I have this job that maybe I don't deserve. I'm not doing enough. I need to be working harder. People are going to figure it out. I'm going to get fired. And then it's this kind of slippery slope. Yeah, totally. And I mean, uh, imposter syndrome can happen anytime you have like a, like a major life change. If you have a brand new job, like you said, if you starting school, if you're moving into sort of a new space where a title is involved or a perceived level of skill may or may not be required. Um, oftentimes we feel like uh, maybe we're batting a little, you know, we're out of our league a little bit. And uh, that's, again, like I'm speaking from experience here, team. Um, but yeah, so I mean, this is everybody, right? Everybody other than, you know, a particularly small demographic who don't experience feelings. Um, everybody sort of has a bit of imposter syndrome at one point in their life. It doesn't mean that you um, suffer any from any particular, you know, um, a disability or you struggle in any sort of areas. It doesn't mean you had a bad childhood. It doesn't mean that you're crappy. It doesn't actually mean sometimes what your brain is telling you. So if this sounds like you, don't even stress it because it definitely sounds like me. <laughs> the good news is that at the core of it, imposter syndrome is just self-doubt. Um, we're doubting our ability to do something. We're doubting the the you know, our environment or we accomplish something and we say, uh, oh, we did that instead of I did that. Even if you're the only one who does it, Tiff says this one a lot. Uh, either she's got a lot of people inside of her brain that are doing all of the effort or she's got a, a little bit of imposter syndrome where she says we accomplished this thing and she's just referring to herself accomplishing a thing. <laughs> Sorry for... Uh throwing you under the bus there <laughs> more to come about potential issues with multiple personalities <laughs> later in the episode 
Um, but this sort of self-doubt can lead to like a lot of anxiety. It can lead to a lot of depression, frustration, lack of confidence, shame in some cases. So today I really kind of want to deep dive into um, I'm experiencing that. How do I solve that problem? And while I'm far from an expert, I did read a little bit about it. And so now I'm, I'm basically an expert now. So listen, if you aren't an expert, I'm fully, you know, inviting you to be an imposter today for sure. I will pretend to be an expert. (laughs) Someone's going to figure me out. But in this case, it's okay. Tiff and I are collectively experts, so we'll, we'll work. We'll work through it. I think if so, you be- if you believe it hard enough, then you know it'll come true one day. But anyway, let's keep talking about real things. <laughs> so, how do you defeat imposter syndrome, Tiff? I think we've got a tiny helpful list. For the we people. do, we have a tiny helpful list, and um, I'll tell you, folks, this is one that uh, this first bullet point I'm going to take is one that I personally subscribe to. Um, If you can talk to your mentors, talk to the people that mean things to you in your life, talk to your parents, talk to uh, colleagues at work, people that you respect. Remember, there's always that adage that you want to take advice from people. You only want to take criticism from people that you would take advice from. So when you do that personal inventory of those people that are influential in your life, You can consider those the people I'm talking about when I say talk to your mentors. Remember that there is power in supportive and encouraging supervision. When we refer to mentors or we refer to outside counsel, if you will, when struggling with things like imposter syndrome, please understand that this is something that's subjective. You want to get an outside perspective to maybe get out of your head sometimes, um, it's never, uh, we're never going to advocate for you to have somebody else solve your problems for you. So that's not what that is. Um, But I do think definitely in my life, I have benefited many times um, from consulting with, of all people, KJ, when I have a particular quandary, if you will, conundrum, um, especially when it comes to things like imposter syndrome. So when I feel like I'm not meeting a goal, if I feel like I'm falling short of an expectation. Oftentimes, as I mentioned earlier, a third-party perspective can give us that healthier third sort of party view. Because honestly, sometimes what we do is we look at our achievements, we look at our actions or interactions, we look at our whole experience. Ultimately, team, it's through a filter of all that extra stuff that we've been collecting since we were kids. All those little neuro pathways that have connected in such a way to paint a picture for us. And sometimes that picture isn't supportive of what we're doing. So it's always best to see somebody or talk to somebody who might give you just a little extra pat on the back and say, hey, you're actually not doing so bad. Uh, The next thing would be to recognize your own expertise. And this is a thing that I think we're both very guilty of. And that is saying, like, I'm not quite good enough. I'm not meeting these expectations. Look at all these people who are doing something better than me. Um, But in reality, we have to break the cycle of looking at people who are more experienced. Um, So, you know, while it can be helpful to talk to a mentor, it can also be sort of a, you know, kind of a bummer to just always be talking to somebody who's better than you at one particular thing, especially when we start to fall into that realm of self-doubt. 
But one thing that I always really like to do is help other people and especially people who are younger than me um, or who are, you know, kind of up and coming in whatever the industry is or whatever the, the thing is that I'm talking to them about. Um, it can really help you realize how far you've come and how much knowledge you have to give other people, which can put things into perspective. I'm not as fake as I feel like I am. I actually have something I can offer the world or I can offer people or you know, whatever the case may be, I can actually do something helpful. I'm so into that. All right. So this kind of it goes in line with recognizing your expertise is really just reminding yourself or remembering what you do well, right? And you got to remember that imposter syndrome, everybody experiences it. Um, but a lot of the times the people most plagued with imposter syndrome are those people that are considered high achievers, um, and most high achievers are pretty smart people, even though they'll never give themselves credit for it. <laughs> <laughs> and many smart people wish they were geniuses. And here's the thing, folks, sit down if you're not ready for it. Most of us aren't. Most of us aren't geniuses. We're, most of us aren't in the top of our field. Oh, most nuts. of us. I know. Listen, spoiler alert. Pretty much none of us, almost not all of us, you know, have not figured this out yet. This being anything, how to succeed consistently, how to uh, be happy consistently, how to get the job we want, how to accomplish the goals that we have. Um, so now that you have a better understanding of where everybody's at uh, on the, on the plane of reality, maybe that'll give you a little bit of opportunity to give yourself a break and just a little bit of that mental space to go ahead and remember what you are doing well, because there are things that you've learned over time. There are things that you're continuing to learn, even when you don't realize it. And those are the things we want to focus on when we're trying to defeat imposter syndrome. Yeah, most definitely. And that, that's a really good point. Um, one of the there, there were, I think, five types of people that feel like they're imposters. We can kind of circle back to that. But people who are naturally geniuses, people who like figure stuff out really easily, or, you know, they have like a specific realm uh, where they're like naturally gifted. They're mm -hmm. people who find themselves being especially frustrated by imposter syndrome because that, that ability to pick things up really quickly. Um, you know, they're a savant in technology, for example, it doesn't necessarily translate to everything else. And so they get frustrated and then it's a slippery slope of I'm fake, I'm stupid. Everyone, everyone knows it. Everyone's going to figure it out. And, um, and that's okay. Just be patient with yourself. I think that's literally my job. That's literally <laughs> what I do. Like without, honestly, yeah, no folks. And I'll give you a little bit of insight here um, as to what I do maybe day to day, or the, at least the parts that I like um, that I get to do. Not maybe not as frequently as I'd like, but certainly when I am, I enjoy it. I quite literally work with technical savants, people who are very experienced and uh, trained to do so um, and are great with troubleshooting. They're great with uh, finding and fixing. They're great with issue resolution. But these are also the folks that I'm banking on um, to lead teams. And what I find in my current position is that it is so difficult sometimes to pull those folks out of their own way to teach them the soft skills, the intangibles to relate to and motivate and inspire their peers. Because essentially that's all that leadership is, right? We don't, we don't look at it in a hierarchical sort of way, a title-based way. That's never the type of leadership that either myself or I can speak definitely with confidence that KJ has ever subscribed to. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, just to double down on that, I mean, my goodness, I, I love seeing people do the things that they want to do. Um, but more times than not, in my experience, I speak with confidence on this, where we fall is, um, in our own path. So yeah, I mean, that just speaks to getting out of your own darn way team. So let's, let's do a special shout out for those types of people that probably hear us KJ a little bit louder today in this imposter syndrome episode. Um, and who would benefit from really maybe even, you know, backtracking a couple of minutes and listening to how to uh, avoid those pitfalls. People like perfectionists. Oh my goodness. Hey, anybody out there that like thinks that they need to do everything right always, do they overwork? Do are they meticulous? Do they just spend hours on an email checking for those misspells, checking for those typos, checking for subject verb agreement before they finally send that message. Anybody out there? Raise your hand. That's me. Is it you? That's me. Oof. You know, the other type of person, the person that is me is the soloist. Ooh. I'm a rugged individualist and then I prefer to work alone and I don't like to ask for help because asking for help is scary. And then Everyone's going to know that I don't know what I'm doing. And then I get frustrated when no one will help me because I am overwhelmed and I don't know what I'm doing and everything is the worst. Oh, yeah. Well, listen, it's it's the I'd rather do it myself because I at least I know what I'm doing. Right. Oof! you hit the nail on the head there. That silent, that silent resentment that builds up that lack of mind reading. How dare they not read your mind, KJ? How dare they not know that I need help? And if I were to ask for help, then they're going to know that I'm stupid and I can't take that chance. So instead, I'm just going to work myself to death and then I'll fall into the workaholic or the the sort of superhero mindset that says, I'm the one that's going to save the day. I'm the one that can do this. And then when I actually do, it won't actually be enough because I'm suffering from imposter syndrome. So it's a slippery, endless slope. I love it. Let me tell you uh, the other folks that I, I relate to so hard. Uh, we Just general term here. We'll call you the experts. Um, I don't know. You guys can't see this because this is a podcast and not a documentary. Um, so I have a wall in my uh, or I suit. Let me let me be honest. Yeah, I'm soon to have a wall. Haven't hung them up yet. Uh, displaying all of my achievements, all of my certifications, all of my awards in an attempt to remind myself or anybody that visits my home um, that I am in, in indeed an expert in multiple things. But what we find as an expert, what we find with people who are constantly trying to achieve that next level, those people, we call them grinders, right? In multiple Like the sandwich? Things. No, no, not the sandwich. Oh, it's I the, think it's lunchtime. <laughs> I think it is too, indeed. No, the grinders are the people that usually play the the multiplayer level of Call of Duty um, that are just there to level up. They're there to prestige, to unlock the weapons and the camo. And listen, th- this is me. I love that. I want the gold camo. I want the Damascus, right? But what we do when we spend all of our time with our head in the books is that we fall short in not only reaching the goals that we want to reach, but we never really get to a point inside where we feel competent enough. So it's money, time, energy, effort, blood, sweat, tears, investment into our own uh, leveling up our own understanding or our own skill set that never really pays off because the issue isn't our ability. The issue is inside. Absolutely. And 
on that note, w- one of the last tips for avoiding imposter syndrome, which I think is the perfect segue, is that acknowledging that in addition to the fact that no one, like most of us aren't geniuses, no one is perfect. And reminding yourself, taking a step back, getting into metacognition a little bit and saying, no one is perfect. I can do this task well enough. It's going to help you overcome that feeling. But, and this is one that we both need to work on, finding positive ways to celebrate our successes. Taking the time to appreciate the fruits of your labor and celebrate. Reward yourself in some kind of way. Ice cream. New clothes. You're working on weight loss. You're working on, working on a weight loss goal. You're telling yourself you're never going to be able to do it. I'm going to be I'm going to be fat my whole life. Whatever the circumstances, you lost ten pounds. Buy yourself something. Treat yourself. You accomplished something big at work. Buy yourself something. Give yourself an extra hour of video game time. Find some way to celebrate yourself to get out of that negative mindset because it's a slippery slope. And it can be really, really hard to overcome that. But in order to do that, you're going to need to practice some metacognition. Metacognition. Meta. <laughs> uh, team, I don't know if you've kind of felt the vibe or understood the theme of the episodes that we have published so far. But really, it can all kind of be summed up, um, at least so far, in giving yourself a little bit of a break. It's okay to, like KJ said, celebrate small wins. This is a thousand percent a marathon. And when I say this, I mean life. I mean your career. I mean getting better at Call of Duty. Doing anything that you're trying to do, it's not going to happen overnight, team. And we don't expect you to continue running at full speed when you're only in when when you can't move out of first gear. So the the core theme is being patient with yourself, self care, all of these things. And it's important to take any opportunity to remind you, to remind the people around you, you matter, you're important, learn to be patient with yourself. I know it hurts. It's like stretching a muscle that you haven't used in a really long time. And it's going to take a little bit of work. But I believe in you. Tiff believes in you. I totally believe in you. Sorry, I also just got a text message. (laughs) <laughs> she believes in you, but she's not great at multitasking, which will be a future episode. How to multitask better than Tiff. We'll get there. 